0: Hello and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of Harvest Church here in Elk Grove. We're excited to have you join us as we share God's message of hope and love. Each week, we bring you a new message from our pastors and guest speakers designed to inspire, uplift your spirits, and challenge you. Whether you're listening on your commute, at home, or on a walk, we hope these messages will bring you closer to God and help you on your faith journey. So without further ado, let's listen in. the honor and the privilege of announcing our speaker for today. Um, I've gotten to know this person over the last uh, year or so, and man, I I have to say, I I feel like she's family to us, like honestly, like I'm going to just tell you you're officially now dubbed a honorary member like your family here at harvest like this is your place uh in case you guys never had a chance to hear pastor char blair she's gonna be our speaker today um aside from being like an amazing communicator a true like pioneer for the gospel um i know that she served northern california nevada district assemblies of god district um she's been over 20 years on top of that she's also a, a william jessup university graduate she has a ton of degrees there's so much credibility that comes with her But what I've gotten to see over the last year is that despite all the titles, despite everything that she has, what she chooses to identify, what she chooses to align herself with is that she's a servant and a child of the Most High God, one of the most humble people that I've ever met in my entire life, someone with so much status but has the humblest of hearts. She is a gifted communicator. You want to lean in, listen to the Word of God, and I don't want to take up any more time would you please help me welcome to the stage Pastor Char Blair?
1: Oh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Alright. Hello. I I don't think this one's working. Are we gonna switch it out here? Okay. Is this one on? There we go. All right. I'm going to try it again. Good morning. good morning. Wow. The early service harvest of Grove. These are people that get things done. You come to the early morning. I know you. I know you. So you can get things done. So you can go home. You got your to-do list. You're going to check it off. Hopefully, how many of you are going to take a nap? All right. Good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, it is great to be here. I actually put my, I knew people like you would be very studious. And so I actually gave uh, Sam uh, my notes and I said, can you go ahead and just put those on the screen? So if you want my full notes today of today's message, you can go ahead and take a shot of that and you can download the notes there yourself. Um, Anyways, it's just great to be here. I had something very fun happen recently. We're good, thank you, we're good. Okay, we good? We, okay, we're good. All right, because I'm gonna tell a funny story and it doesn't go with the piano playing. <laughs> <laughs> I recently got a new little puppy. I love puppies, right? I don't have kids, I've given my life to raising small dogs. It's a beautiful thing. My sister had kids for the family I'm like, you ruin your life, I'll ruin my carpet No, I'm just teasing That's so bad That is so bad I love being an auntie But I, uh, I've invested my life in showenies <laughs> uh, And they're the funniest looking, weirdest little dogs And so I got a new one recently And I just picked him up on Friday His little legs, he's four months old And uh, I call him Hank the Tank <laughs> He's black He's so cute. Hank, I love Hank Aaron. And so he's, he's about four inches off the ground. And uh, I met my friends, these people from Humboldt County. They were driving through. I noticed on Facebook that they, I mean, I couldn't turn it down. They're like, this is the last one. And I mean, my twins, the other two, they're turning nine. So I'm like, you know, if one of them happens to like, you know, have a heart attack or something, I got an extra waiting in the wings. Isn't that horrible? <laughs> It's probably it's probably a good thing I'm not married. If this is my judgment, right? <laughs> and so I go and I pick the dog up. We're gonna meet. We meet in Woodlands, and I meet at a. a- Pet place so that I can take the it's the it's the it's the moment when you take your new puppy into the store and everybody goes oh you got a new puppy and you show it off to the clerk tell my new puppy Hank and so there's a little place where you can bathe the puppy it cost me fourteen bucks to bathe a little itty bitty dog I'm like okay buddy you're already costing me money so I'd written the check for Hank and I got him a bath and I got him a collar and I got him all this stuff and so right before we get in the the truck, I think to myself, you know, I don't want Hank to potty in the truck, so I'm just going to set him here in the flower bed, and I'm just going to let him do his little thing, so I'm like, come here, Hank, come on, okay, and Hank, I hadn't put his collar on yet, here we go, Hank takes off, now now, Hank doesn't know his name, and I forget what they used to call him, (laughs) So I think it's Neil, but I think it's Nell or something. I don't know. So I'm like, Neil, Hank, puppy. I'm trying everything. And this dog is fast. We are talking fast, and so he runs into the field next door. Now, it's woodland, so it's a field that's totally just, it was plowed at the beginning of summer, and it's a really big field, and and so it has these big, huge clods of dirt, and it's these rows, and they're like rocks. And so I can't move, and Hank's just, he is having a blast. And I'm running. hey, baby, come here, puppy, come here, puppy. I just spent $500 on you. Come here, baby, baby, Right? And he's like, who's this lady? He's traumatized. He's out of there. He's like, I'm gone. He beat for boogeyman. He is gone. And at one point, I totally lose sight of him. I'm like, what am I going to do? Do I call the owners? And I'm like, I just lost the dog. Don't cash the check. <laughs> right? Woo. So I'm like man I don't even know what to do I get, I'm get, i just going to go home like I haven't even really gotten attached that like yet so that I'm crying but I'm like I'm kind of upset and then I just pray I'm like Lord bring the puppy right here and then that didn't happen so so I get in my truck and I'm driving around and I think well maybe I should just go what do you do in this moment right You're, you just lost your puppy so I call the storm like if anybody turns a puppy in it's mine <laughs> and I'm driving around and all of a sudden I spot him. So I get out and I'm like, "Hey, Neil, puppy. And I'm running after him. And all of a sudden the Lord's like, you know, this is us, right? Why is everything an illustration? Because all I want to do is catch the puppy and love the puppy and give it a wonderful home. Isn't that the truth? And here I am, I'm running through this field. I'm falling down. My arms are scraped. I woke up the next morning sore, but I found Hank. This lady stopped and she helped me. We ran for about an hour. And, anyways, so he's good. He's home. I was out of breath. It was a rough start, but here we are. So he's a good little boy. He went potty outside. I'm telling you too much. I'm going to look this morning at Judges 1620, the tales of Hank the Tank. Judges 1620. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this amazing day, God, that we in this moment get to sit at your feet and learn of you, Father. Thank you for this message, God. It has meant so much to me, and I pray that it means a lot as well to my brothers and sisters as the word goes forth and they hear it, Lord. I pray that this morning, Lord, that that the spirit of deliverance would be in the house, God, that we would be set free, that we would leave here, many of us who have left here, maybe with ideologies and bondages, Lord God, that we would walk out amazingly free in the name of Jesus, that we would have testimonies of freedom in the name of Jesus, amen. So this morning, I'm going to preach to myself, you're free to listen you want to listen in, you're you're more than welcome. Judges 16, 20, probably one of the saddest scriptures in the Bible. She cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. And when he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. This morning, I want to call the church to wake up. I have a feeling that the church, though, is like a 15 year old teenager that you're trying to wake up to catch the bus. Have you ever been there before? Absolutely. My nephews, they are so hard to wake up. I'm like, I think your eyes are awake, or do you sleep with them open? I'm not sure. Teenagers are weird. But I want to remind us that we are on the front lines, that the battle is between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness. And so I want to break this down a little bit. You probably might say this is more of a teaching than a preaching, whatever it is. I just pray we're delivered at the end of it. And so the Greek word for salvation, as many of us know, is sozo. And I actually, I asked them to create a slide in regards to this. So sozo means saved, healed, and delivered. So salvation isn't just I come to an altar and I pray a prayer. It's I come to an altar. I meet a man who has forgiven me of all my sins, who died on a cross, who rose on the third day, and now I am saved, healed, and delivered. It starts the moment I say the prayer, and, I, and the man changes my life, and I am transformed. And it also is continual. So it happens immediately, and it's also continual. And if you can figure that out, you'll bottle it up and sell it on eBay. The kingdom of darkness, so we have save, heal, delivered. And if we could throw that, 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 uh, that up on the screen, that would be great. The kingdom of darkness is actually steal, kill, and destroy. And I wanted to remind us today that there's no, in the, between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, there is no demilitarized zone. There is no 38th parallel, if anybody remembers history class. There is never a place between these two worlds. There is no spiritual Switzerland where you get to take off your uniform, ski, and drink cocoa by the fire. You're either on one side or the other. I have a friend, and she used to say, what I don't know won't hurt me. My college pastor used to call this willful ignorance. (laughs) This tactic isn't going to work on judgment day. Well, I just didn't, nobody told me. Especially if you live in America, and it says, in God, we trust on our money. (laughs) Maybe a little heavy today, but I'm just going to jump in here because this is what I felt the Lord wanted me to preach to myself and allow you to listen. Listen, number one, the enemy doesn't want your soul saved. He deploys demons to steal your soul on a daily basis. And the greatest lie he's perpetuating against an entire generation is to, of course, steal their identity. He whispers in our ear, this is what you are, until they eventually repeat, this is who I am. I was at summer camp. Well, I was at summer camp all summer. We, had five summer. we had five summer camps. Good Lord. And I'm not really a camper. I'm a fan of the great indoors. <laughs> all right? I'm like, okay, is there a mall around? I know I look sporty, but it's a lie. It's all a lie. <laughs> And they came running up to me at camp and they go, Shar, they go, uh, they, they call me Auntie Shar, Auntie Shar, Shar, there's a girl at the altar, she has a demon. <laughs> what are y'all telling me for? Am I on demon watch? What? I'm just teasing. They know I'm like, hmm? And so I go over there and I sit because you know, in spirit realm, you, you, you don't lay hands on anyone suddenly, right? and so I sit and I sit there and I go Lord I don't, I don't sense the presence of the demonic and this girl is just at the altar bawling ah! and then people around her come out in the name of Jesus you know I'm like y'all are freaking me out <laughs> <laughs> and so I pull her up really gentle and I go come here baby come here I go what's going on tell me about it see that's what an auntie does We need aunties, moms, dads, grandpas, grandmas in the spirit realm. Come here, baby. Tell me what it's about. I want to kill myself, and I've wanted to kill myself for the last four years. Baby girl, I mean, probably only but 15 years old. And I said these words. When the lie came to you, what did it sound like? And at first she looked at me and I said, and I said it again, when the lie came to you, what did it say? And all of a sudden she got it. And she said these words. She said, it said, no one will notice if you're gone. And I said, see, baby, in the spirit realm, if you don't speak back to that voice, it's called apathy. And apathy is agreement. So you have partnered with a spirit of death. Whew. I go, so we're going to just pray and we're going to break some things off you in the name of Jesus, okay? She said, okay. I began leading her through prayers in the name of Jesus. I I kept one eye open just to see if anything would happen. I was like, okay, so no foam at the mouth. This is a good sign. This is a good sign. I've seen it before. Uh, This is a good sign. And all of a sudden I said, baby, you're free. And this smile this smile because she had, she had been listening to a voice that said, this is who you are until she said, this is who I am. (laughs) Secondly, the enemy doesn't want you healed. He doesn't want your marriage. Listen to this. I I don't know. When I was writing this, I just felt like I needed to, to come to you today in regard to marriages. He doesn't want your marriage healed. He doesn't want to heal your marriage. He wants to kill it. Did you know that statistically your spouse is 90% of what you need in a mate? Did you know that? I like statistics. I'm a reader. I Google everything. It's the truth. Statistically, your spouse is 90% of what you want in a mate. Listen to this. But the enemy exaggerates the 10% that you don't like. And then this is even better. He brings someone to sit next to you at work that has the 10%. And their 10% ratchet connects with your 10% ratchet. And then you go, he understands me. (laughs) See, because I'm a female, I get to pick on the ladies a little bit. Is that okay? The men are like, yes. Because you know how it is every Mother's Day. We're like, you're a saint. Father's Day, we're like, you need to do better. Ladies, I'm going to ask you some questions that the enemy will use to infiltrate. Because, see, a lot of times for ladies, it's, it's very different. Pornography to us is a man with a vacuum. Someone who will talk to us for a long period of time and look in the, us in the eyes and we're like, it is love. He didn't talk about himself one time. And our eyes (laughs) spin. So ladies, let me just talk to you as emotional beings. Ladies, when you're getting dressed for work in the morning, who are you dressing for? When you're putting on perfume, who do you hope smells it? Your husband, hopefully. Not 10%. If you have that person in your mind and you know, because you know you know, I just want you to start referring to that person as 10%. When you see them in the morning at work, hello, 10%. You're of the devil. (laughs) to you. I'm on to you 10%. You're not a 10, you're 10%. <laughs> Who do you share your frustrations with? And if this person at work has become your work husband, you may need to find another job. That, that, this may be for someone here today. I don't know. I just felt like I needed to go there, but so I did. Um, but the kingdom of light wants you delivered. The kingdom of darkness wants you destroyed. Today, I just want to take a moment and I want to look at some simple tactics that the enemy uses to bring complicated destruction. So his tactics are simple, very simple, and they're the same. He's same, same all the time. Lies, counterfeits, but listen, the destruction is complicated. Why do you say it's complicated? Because it involves more than you. See, if we believe these tactics and we believe these lies of the enemy, they may be simple, but the end product is complicated because it affects everybody around us. So we're going to look at some simple tactics of the enemy. And the very first thing we're going to look at, and this sounds really super spiritual, but I'm going to break it down because I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to get scared. This morning, we're going to actually look at the python spirit. Can we go here? Can we go here today? Okay. Are we ready? Strap in. Okay. Acts 16 16 says now it happened as they went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination the Greek word there is pythonos a spirit of python and she met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling in historical paganism python was said to be a serpent in southern Greece that had the power of divination. The li- listen to this, this. Listen to this. The little girl was speaking the truth but from the wrong source. She was a counterfeit. So this is simple tactic number one of the enemy is to mimic God. He is not creative. He does not have the ability to create. He mimics. So we see that the kingdom of light is to save, and he goes, hmm, what can I do? What can I do instead of save? I know, I'll steal. He's, he's shallow. He's got a smooth brain. <laughs> he's smooth-brained. I, the Lord says, I'm going to heal you, and he goes, hmm, what can I do? Mm, heal. I will kill. The Lord says, I'm going to deliver you, and he goes, well, I'll destroy This is why you can receive a word that's accurate but from a wrong source. I felt like I needed to admonish someone here today if you're getting accurate information from a wrong source. I want you to know the Lord wants to deliver you from the words that have been spoken over you from wrong sources. I am not a fool to think that everybody wants to sit and wait on God to hear for their next move. I was talking to a young lady not too long ago who used to be a Christian, and she said, all of a sudden, Shar, when I started reading tarot cards, I realized that I didn't have to sit and wait in prayer. I could just turn the next card and know my future. Stepping into the spirit of witchcraft. That if a, a night where you are down in your faith and all of a sudden a psychic hotline, you're like, Char, why are you going here? I just felt like I needed to go here today. And I have battled this week more than I've ever battled. But if you are here and you feel like, I just need to pick up the phone because I need to know my future. Don't. Don't. Yeah. If you have, I believe the Lord wants to deliver you today, and I speak deliverance over you right now in the areas where you may have gotten accurate information but from a wrong source. People who are living in open sin and rebellion but have a prophetic gift still have the gift. Remember, He's the giver of gifts, He doesn't take them back. People who are living in open sin and rebellion but have a prophetic gift still have the gift, but the source has changed. See, lethargy in the body of Christ allows the counterfeit to suffice. We just sit back. We allow apathy to place us in agreement with a python spirit. Now, listen to this. Pythons, I found this interesting. <laughs> you can tell that I was the daughter of a mortician. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I, I won every grosser than gross contest in school. All right. But I didn't get a lot of dates. Okay. <laughs> Pythons ambush you while you're sleeping. Did you know this? And they kill you through suffocation by squeezing tighter and tighter each time you excel. And then they eat their prey whole. Canada, 2013. You know, I have resources to back this up. Two young boys found in New Brunswick, Canada, early Monday morning, had been, their death was blamed on an African rock python that had escaped the exotic pet store. Don't ever live near an exotic pet store, okay? If you're going to, like, get an apartment, if there's an exotic pet store, run, okay? Or just ask them, do you have any pythons? The store was located beneath the apartment where they were staying. They said it's very rare that pythons kill humans, but not unheard of. It occasionally happens, listen, if the circumstances are just right. Oftentimes, it's because of a perfect storm where you get a big hungry snake in close proximity to humans. Just a heads up on that. (laughs) USA Today, 2017. Such a nightmare occurred earlier this week when a twenty. Three foot reticulated python swallowed whole an Indonesian farmer. You know, I was looking for that online. I'm just teasing. They say it's a rare occurrence in this part of the world, but not unheard of. And then this one was recently, August 2023, this year. And I love this one. This one has a good ending. A 68-year-old man woke up from his nap due to a sharp pain around his ankle on August 21st. He found a huge python wrapped from his foot to his knee with its teeth in his flesh The snake identified, again, as a reticulated python. It's common throughout Southeast Asia and ranks as one of the world's largest snakes, often eating humans, house pets, and other snakes. With no other option and running out of time, listen to this, the man bit the snake back. The bite caused the snake to loosen its grip, and he was able to finally reach down and grab the snake by the head. Church, it's time we bite back. <laughs> Simple tactic number two. I only have two tactics today. If, if I went further, we could be here all day. We don't want to do that. Simple tactic number two is to lull us to sleep. So you put us to sleep, bind us up. It's the goal of the enemy. The enemy gets you on his turf, and then he slips you a Mickey. (laughs) The enemy is the originator of the Me Too movement. He's the originator of the knock them out and then take advantage of them. The church is not dead, but at times I think we're playing dead. And it's not a good tactic against the enemy. I used to think as a single person living alone what I would ever do if somebody broke in. And this was my tactic. I would tell myself, I'm just going to play dead. <laughs> Seriously, this was my tactic. I'm, I'm just going to play dead. <laughs> this is the education of Fort Bragg Unified High School right here. I'm just going to play dead. And then I thought he would just get there and he'd be like, oh, this one's already dead. I'm going to go to the neighbor's, right? That is not a good tactic. See, lulling people to sleep, he's been doing it for years, and it's what he did with Samson. It was a slow fade, listen to this, from Delilah's lap to enslavement. A python spirit wraps itself around you while you're asleep. You don't even know you're entrapped until you wake up and you feel the squeeze. You ever had an addiction before? You might not even know you're addicted until you try to stop. You think I can stop at any time and then you try to stop and then you feel the squeeze. But I'm here to say, awake, oh sleeper. Awake, oh sleeper. I love what Ephesians 5.14 in the message translation says. It says, don't waste your time on useless work. Mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. Expose these things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness where no one will see. Rip the cover off those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffins. Christ will show you the light. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. As a little girl, I'll never forget, I was walking by a bar, a lounge in town with my dad, and I was holding his hand. And it was, it was in the daylight, and I said to my dad as a little girl, I go, Daddy, why do they like? And I'm looking in the window. I go, now, if I was with Mama, we wouldn't have even been walking by the bar. How many of you know that when you go with Dad, number one, Dad doesn't even watch you half the time. <laughs> You're like, I just got run over by a car. He's like, hurry up, don't tell your mother. <laughs> It's so true. But I remember I was like, Daddy, why don't they want the lights on in there? A little girl, why don't they want the lights on in there, Daddy? He goes, Honey, I I don't know if they want to know what they're doing. Ezekiel says this in chapter 8, verse 3. One of my favorite moments as I was reading through Ezekiel. I just found it hilarious. I love it. He says in a vision he's getting ready to have and God's getting ready to take him up into heaven, he says he reached out what seemed to be a hand and he took me by the hair. (laughs) He took me by the hair. When God grabs you by the hair, he is grabbing your attention was walking out of a restaurant one night. My little seven-year-old nephew was in front of me and I saw a car coming and the only thing I could grab at the moment was his hair. He turns, shar, why'd you pull my hair? I'm like, son, I'm saving your life. He had no clue. I pray, Lord, grab your church by its hair. Lift us up to see what you see and hear what you hear. God, wake us up to what is going on around us So we know. So we are not asleep in the light. Graham Cook says this, Warfare enables us to produce the next tier of warriors who can learn how to hold on to the vision. See, the enemy, my friend, brings out the best in us. (laughs) The enemy, I'm going to say it again, the enemy should bring out the best in us. So here's the secrets. This is the good part. The message gets redemptive, I promise. I'm not going to end on the python spirit. Come forward if you have the python spirit. People are like, "Uh, (laughs) get up there, get up there. (laughs) The secrets of a warrior's strength, and this is what I want to talk about. My authority in Christ keeps the python out of my proximity. See, this is one thing I know, and I'm not much of a camper, but I do know this, that if you don't want snakes in your camp, you have to light a fire. Come on. The first rule of warfare is that we cannot take ground from the enemy if he has ground in us. So there are doors in my home that I don't use very often. But at night before I go to bed and I set the alarm, even though I know I haven't used the door, I still check it. Why? Because it's an entry point. There are still entry points in our lives where I have to go back and I have to say, Lord, uh-uh, I need to check this door. There are just some doors that I have to keep closed forever. There are some relationships I have to put to death. There are some things that are just not redeemable. And I have to let them go. Jesus said, the prince of this world has come, but has nothing on me. (laughs) Paul said in Ephesians 4.27, give no place to the devil. James in his own book wrote in 4.7, he wrote, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The second rule. The strength of a warrior is to fight unbelief. How many of you know that the battle mostly is in our minds? Is when we wake up in the morning in the voices that you hear continually that are telling you over and over and over again, He's the accuser of the brethren and the sister. And He comes and He tells us over and over again, Am I right? What we aren't. And so He will say, This is who you are. So you'll say, This is who I am. He'll say, You're lazy. I'm lazy you're tired i'm so tired it's like you have an in-ear monitor with the enemy sometimes have you ever felt that way before you're like i need to take out my in-ear monitors where's the lord where's the lord i want to hear from him or as my friend would say the lord where's the lord <laughs> second rule is to fight unbelief steve backland says believing in jesus saves you believing like jesus sets you free We must believe like Elisha, we are not afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are against us. Amen. Amen. We believe it is unthinkable that God would commit us to a battle and not resources for the fight. He won't allow our supply lines to be cut off by the enemy. Remember the children of Israel? He was leading them out of Egypt, and he said, I'm not going to take them the way of the battle, even though they thought they were battle ready. They were like, come on. You know, you ever watch those swimmers, and they do this thing where they hit themselves? Like, I have no idea what that's about. But sometimes I just do that. I'm like, come on, God, let's go. I don't even swim. Let's go. I think I just hurt myself. <laughs> But they were ready to go. And the Lord says, I'm not going to lead them the way of the enemy. They'll be crushed. He knows what you're ready for. He's not going to cut off your supply lines if you're facing the enemy. Amen? Amen. Yes. All right. Are we good? Nine o'clock? Are we good? Yes. Okay. The third rule is to remember that the anointing breaks the yoke. Yes. The anointing yes. breaks the yoke. That it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. I wasn't gonna go here, but I will. Since we're family and all. (laughs) For years, don't get me wrong, I love leadership. I love leadership stuff. I like that stuff. Checking things off, doing leader type things, calling myself a leader, I'm a leader. You know, it's only the, leader, the word leader is actually only mentioned six times in the Bible, but the word servant is mentioned 900. <laughs> yeah, right? People wondering why we have a hard time right now finding kids, men, pastors, and youth pastors. But in our colleges, our leadership cohorts are bursting at the seams. Everybody wants to be a leader. I don't know about the servant thing so much would be nice if we could kind of combine those two things right servant leader (laughs) that's nice but for years i felt like we bought into a lie of a common misnomer that everything rises and falls on leadership and i get the premise don't get me wrong i understand the premise that when you are the leader you're the one you're the moses it but i get this This is a very Old Testament sign of leadership. Moses would go up to the mountain, hear from the Lord, bring the word back to the people. But the upper room style of leadership is much more collaboration. It is they all had enough tongues of fire to go around on everybody's head. That we have the mind of Christ so that it is not left to one individual but it is set up much like this church is set up with leaders throughout for accountability, that they hear God together. What what began to happen is that we went with a leadership model that set an individual up as a CEO, and I feel at times that the Holy Spirit hit the back door because it was the anointing that breaks the yoke. (laughs) Leaders... Lead well, but they can't break yokes. Everything, my friend, rises and falls on him, on the anointing of God. And so what would happen is they would have these oxen and they would yoke them together and they would keep feeding the oxen the fat and eventually the oxen would get so fat that it would break the yoke. The anointing is the oil of heaven. Oil is the, where the fat is stored. When you marinate in the anointing and the presence of God, you grow larger spiritually and it breaks the yoke. See, there are some things that you just outgrow in the spirit realm. There are some things you just outgrow as you marinate in the anointing. There are some things you spiritually outgrow. 1 Thessalonians 5.14, if I could have the team come back. I wasn't gonna hold you long today. There's always the 11 o'clock. <laughs> if you didn't get enough shar-shar, there's the 11 o'clock. Amen. Or if you didn't get enough Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5:14 says, "Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy." Other translations say idle, undisciplined, or don't want to work. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. And then it says, but be patient with everyone. See, soldiering is hard work. If you're here today, you know that it's Labor Day weekend. And we get Monday off. I hope you do. I know I do. Because it's a rest from our labor. Soldiering isn't a place where you can go and find Switzerland and say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be bothered by the enemy right here. No, no, no. It's every day. It's 24-7. There's never a moment when I can take off the armor of God. But there is a moment when I am hidden under the shadow of his wings. That is where I find my rest. That is where I find my deliverance. See, prayerlessness is easy, yet it's destructive in the life of the warrior. Deliverance is critical, but listen to this. Deliverance without discipleship and discipline can be just as destructive in the life of the warrior. Why? Because it says in the word of God that when the house has been cleaned out, meaning the enemy has been driven out, if, if the Holy Spirit doesn't come in, then it says the demon, the spirit will actually go and it will find seven other friends. So maybe you're struggling with gluttony, but he's gonna also bring a whole bunch of other things after the house has been cleaned. He's gonna be like, hey, hey, you and you and you and you and you, all right, all right. Do I have any other volunteers? And all the demons are like, ah, right? And let's go, let's go back. So it's critical that with deliverance comes discipleship and discipline in the church. Why? Because we want people who are ministering from pure spirits, from the right source. People who aren't living in open rebellion and open sin in the church, that they are they are able to minister to others from the correct source. Listen to this, I love this. This is Navy SEAL training. Yep, when I went through the SEALs. <clears throat> I would pass out just on the walk down, probably to, from the car. But I love this because it's a reminder. They say that when crisis hits, we don't rise to the level of our expectations, we fall to the level of our training. And my friends, more than ever, I feel like harvest right now is in a place where you, the Lord has been and is waking you up. He has grabbed many of you by the hair, and many of you, maybe even in this place, have been delivered from some things. But he says, now comes the work. Now comes the work, maybe even when you don't feel it, maybe maybe when the feelers aren't there. See, laziness and idleness grant the enemy a foothold that catches me unaware. Samson thought his strength was in his hair, but it was actually in his vow. Since he was small, he kept his vow But he no longer took it serious. And he lost sight of all he could lose. And he eventually lost his sight. I remember thinking years ago when I read this, I remember looking up, why in the world would they take someone's eyes? How cruel is that? Well, that's why they did it. First, they did it because it's aesthetically not pleasing. When you fall in love with someone, what do you fall? You look them in the what? In the eyes. I'd be like, girl, why do you find him attractive? I don't know. It was just something in his eyes. Did you ask if he was in debt? No. Okay, I'm just... Does he have a job and does he live with his mama? But it was in his eyes. It's all right, I'm an equal opportunity offender. I come after everybody. But it served as a reminder for the rest of his life that he allowed the enemy to get close enough to take his eyesight. Here he was, this huge warrior, a judge. He had done so many crazy things, Samson. He was so strong. He was like destroying armies with a jawbone of a... I mean, he was intense. You can do a lot of things blind, but you can't fight in a battle. See, your marriage isn't being held together by good looks gushy feelings why is it held together it's because you made a vow there was a vow and in today's times we they've become trite vows have become trite in today's times I haven't stayed at my job for 25 years because I wanted to be an amazing admin and that was the highest goal in my life. It was because I made a vow to God, I won't leave until you let me. (laughs) I think that's how the prayer went. I just wanted to be in his will. I made a vow. See, the fourth rule of a warrior is know the power of a vow. You say, Char, what is a vow? It's to be dedicated to someone or something. It's a dedication. When I was a little baby, my parents lifted me up to heaven in front of the church. And they made a vow. It probably went something like, God, she's a rascal, you keep her. Daily, I have to remember his love is what drew me to a place where I promised him everything. It was the love of God that made me say, I'll give it all, I'll surrender it. No fool does that. It was because I made a vow. And staying in first love allows me to renew my vow daily. See, all of these rules of a warrior are built on this rule, the rule of first love, of keeping your vow. See, keeping my vows keeps me in close proximity to his presence. The Lord announces his coming, but he never announces his leaving. Would you bow your heads with me? And would you stand to your feet? Lord, it was nothing that I did. It was not because I was so great. Actually, in my family, I was the least. But Ezekiel even reminds us that you have the ability to pick the tall tree, to leave the tall tree and pick the short one. You have the ability to love us so much that we can do nothing but love you back. God, I pray this morning that you would wake up your church, God. That you would remind those who have been playing with fire, God, to remember their vow. Maybe there are those here this morning who have never made a vow to you. They've never dedicated their heart to you. They've never said, Jesus, I want to know this love. If that's you this morning and you say... I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to make a vow to him today that I give him my life and I give him my heart. Would you raise your hand? I want to introduce you to a man. If that's you today, you say, you know what? I want to, I vow myself today. I am going to dedicate myself to Jesus. I have never done this before. Would you raise your hand? You say, I just want to give Jesus my heart. I vow I vow to him myself my life today. Okay, I trust we're all saved in here today. Maybe you're here and you say, Char, I want to vow myself again. I want to recommit. We're going to actually open these altars and I'm just going to have you come. You say, "Shar, I want to I make sure that this warrior is built on the first love of vowing myself to Jesus that I come yet again and I say Lord I don't know what this week holds but I dedicate myself to you as a warrior I come and I refreshen the steps that I want to take in your kingdom if that is you would you come this morning you just say Lord I'm going to step out and I'm going to rededicate my heart to you today would you come would you come You say, i rededicate my heart to you today. Jesus, I rededicate who I am. I give you myself. Would you come? We'll wait. Oh, Jesus. You're here today as a warrior and you say, I will rededicate my heart. I make a fresh vow to you this morning, Lord. I make a fresh vow to you today. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? I vow to you today, Lord. I give you my heart today, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus you come strengthen our hearts God pray for the warriors in this room that say I rededicate who I am to you today Lord I strengthen my vow I strengthen my vow This morning, warriors, I want to read this word over you this morning. I read it earlier in the week and it was from Graham Cook and I felt that it was something I wanted to read over you today. Would you raise your hands for the reading of this blessing over you today? says come up higher and occupy a higher place in my affection a higher place of sensitivity in the spirit is awaiting you the place in your life where you have been counted out will become the place of your greatest encounter in him you are being granted the rights of an overcomer in all your current areas of difficulty a higher place in the Lord guarantees a broader scope of victory The enemy will reveal to you the hand of God upon you. Watch closely from your high place. For this purpose the Lord has raised up the enemy, that he may demonstrate his power over him in you. All warriors know the enemies bring out the best in them. So when you fight, you participate in the Lord's purpose. There is always revelation in the battle, a higher purpose than the fight itself. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard against him. On the battlefield, there is a fresh revelation of who you are becoming, an identity for you to step into. Increase and upgrade are found on the battlefield. Every battle is not yours to win because the Lord has already won. The battle is only yours to lose. And if you stand in the Lord, winning is your only option. Amen. Can you give him a praise this morning? Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. We pray that today's message has touched your heart and encouraged your spirit. We believe that the word of God has the power to transform our lives and inspire us to be better versions of ourselves. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more inspirational messages. Until next time, may the good Lord bless you. And we look forward to seeing you at one of our weekend services and sharing with you once again next week.